0: Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your
1: opinion, and tell us your thoughts. It's on. It's now. It's here. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890. 92.5. KDXU, Southern Utah's news talk leader. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the program. Andy Griffin here live from, well, North Bluff Street. We're about 600 north. Love Street, Cherry Creek Studios, actually sponsored by Camping World of St. George. Thanks for tuning in. Boy, we got a cool week coming up. Uh, Adam Snows with me today. We'll talk to him in just a second. Tomorrow, we've got Don Willey from the Chamber of Commerce. He'll talk about some of the new businesses and things happening in St. George. Uh, we also have Brett Pruitt from Rowdy's Range and Firearms University. Get him to talk a little bit about that class. We had counter-criminal psychology class and uh, well, it was a tremendous success. Great crowd of people, 50 or 60 people there attending that class. Uh, and then Thursday, we've got a, a daily double. We've got a Chris Stewart, the U.S. Congressman, will join me on the program via the telephone. And then in person, Chris Staley, the mayor of Washington City, will join me. And uh, rumor has it he's trying to bring a guest as well. In fact, my wife, who is the assistant city, city manager. Uh, at Washington City. He tried to hit her up to come and she's like, no, I don't do radio. That's my husband, not me. So she she's not coming. Uh, anyway, uh, it's uh, now 10 minutes after and uh, yeah, let's bring Adam in. Adam, how are you today, man? Thanks for coming over. I'm good, Andy. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm 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 alive and kicking. It's a sunshiny day. It's going to be in the mid-60s. It doesn't get a whole lot better than that, really.
2: No, no. Although, well, maybe if we had a little rain and snow, I'd trade the sunshine for that right now. But otherwise, it's a pretty good day.
1: And, and that comes from the county commissioner part of him that is in charge of a, a couple of areas that have a lot to do with rain and, and snow and stuff like that. And we'll talk with Adam about that a, a, in a minute. One thing I want to start with was, uh, you know, one of the thing, weird uh, kind of uh, side effects of c- the COVID-19 on our society was, uh, it used to be they would take a lot of the prisoners, and clean up the county, clean up the roads around the county. And uh, because of COVID-19, they've kind of restricted that and not allowed them to to clean up. And so I think a lot of people are noticing, uh, hey, my road is kind of trashy. And I know, Adam, for you, that's one of the things as a county commissioner, like, well, we, we don't want our county to look trashy. We don't want our county to look good.
2: Exactly. Uh, and you know what? That's a very timely comment, Andy, and we didn't plan this, but we could have. Uh, because the, the inmate crews that do a lot of the cleanup. So we have two people right now that, that the county employees just, all they do is, is just clean roads.
1: I can't even two in the whole county. I know two,
2: wholly insufficient, but, (laughs) but, uh, it's, it's what we could afford. And so, I mean, a difficult job, right? I mean, you're going to start at one end of the road and clean all the time until you get to the end of the road. When you turn around, you just got to do it again. Start right? over. Yeah. Uh, the inmate <laughs> crews really augment that a ton, uh, but we weren't able to do that, which is why we hired the other two because we weren't able to do that during COVID. Those start again really shortly. Oh good. Uh, they're they're oh, ramping good. back up right now, and and actually the inmates I'm told like to get out. Right? I mean, it gets them out of the jail. It's it's kind of a reward system for them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's actually not difficult to get them out if the rules allow us to do so. And so Nate Brooksby, the sheriff, is uh, we've been talking to him, and and we're actually working with the cities to try and get more crews to get out and clean the, the, the major arteries uh, as much as possible. So that should be changing very soon.
1: And, and I would encourage folks, and, you know, this is kind of what I told my wife because she was getting people complaining One of her job. She's kind of the complaint department. She's in charge of fixing stuff. And uh, one citizen said, I'm tired of these dirty roads. And uh, I said, well, did you tell that person they're welcome to... You know, get a free trash bag. Come come to the city or the county, and get a free trash bag, and pick up some of the trash on the road. They're tired of being dirty. We really can't do that. And I know you're saying, "Well, I pay taxes. That's what taxes are for." You no, know? these are these are strange times we live in, Adam. And so, uh, if if someone can uh, just you know kind of lift where they stand, as they say. Uh, that would make a big difference.
2: Absolutely, we have the uh, Give Your Land a Hand program that, that the county and the cities participate in, and we mm-hmm. and we get out and citizens just come out to try and help clean up. You know, a uh, uh, dumping sites that people have gone out on BLM, BLM land or something, and and started making a little wildcat dump out there, and and we don't want those, and it and it doesn't doesn't beautify our one of the most no. gorgeous places in the entire world here in Washington County, and so. Uh, We do encourage people to to pick up what you can. And, and, you know, one of the biggest areas actually is is tarping your loads, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, One of the dirtiest areas is right around the dump, and it's not just from the wind blowing. It's because that is the concentration point where all the people have got to come onto one road to be able to get into the, the landfill. And without tarp loads, that's where it gets the dirtiest things, blow out of the back of the truck and... And uh, so you know do your part to to try and keep things cleaner.
1: And correct me if I'm wrong, but that's a that's a, actually a moving violation. You can get a ticket if you don't cover your load, right?
2: Yeah, and some of the cities have an absolute zero. I know St. George City has a zero tolerance. Zero uh, there's no warnings or anything. You you get caught with that and and it's an immediate fine.
1: Yeah, good point. All right. Well, obviously we don't want to make we're not trying to make anybody feel guilty. We're not trying to uh, really uh, hurt anybody's feelings. We just want our As beautiful, like you said, Adam, as this area is, sometimes it gets muddied up. But, I mean, I've seen things like cardboard boxes, uh, mattresses. I've seen appliances just dumped out in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, eh. Why would we do that? It's not yeah. that hard to put them away correctly. So yeah.
2: that mattress is not going to biodegrade as fast as you think. It no,
1: is. no, it's not. Although it might provide somewhere to sleep for the rattlesnake or the lizard. <laughs> I guess I don't know. <laughs> Adam Snow County Commissioner. Adam's been on the job now uh, what five six months? Yep.
2: How
1: how has it been? I mean, it, do, do you uh, are you happy you made the decision to go for it?
2: I I am. Yeah. You know, I, I work with wonderful people. There are there are honestly true patriots working in, in public service mm-hmm. that just want to make things better, want to make things better, see where they can contribute, uh, in the community that they live in. And, and, uh, it's, it's been wonderful for that. I love working with the, you know, the mayors and the city councils and so many of the people that I get to, to interact with there and, and still use the experience and the skills that I had from my previous, uh, endeavors, mm-hmm. both in public and private service. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's been really good. It's, there's challenging times, and, and there's some real problems and, and issues to tackle, and I get to do my part for a little bit, and then somebody else gets to do their part.
1: There are some real issues, and uh, you mentioned them when you first got here today, and I'm going to bring them up again. Uh, economic development and growth, that that seems to be something that is too fast. And water and the lack thereof, those are two areas where they said, here, Adam, take maybe the two biggest problems, the two biggest situations in the whole county, see if you can fix them. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> well, luckily it does not take just one person. There's, yeah. there's a lot of people to working on it, and, and
1: it takes all of us to, to actually move the ball down the field a little bit but let, uh, let, let's go with growth first let's talk talk about growth a little bit. I have a friend I maybe told you this story before but uh, he uh, decided to start a business it was it was a manufacturing type business and I don't want to give away any of his secrets or anything but uh, he could not find a commercial space in the county to have his business. He rented a, someone else's, like a portion of their warehouse, but ultimately it wasn't close to big enough. He ended up having to go to Cedar City mm-hmm. and rent a warehouse space in Cedar City because he could not, and he lives here, he commutes now to Cedar because he couldn't find anywhere anywhere to, uh, you know, to have his business here. Growth, you know, with all the other issues with growth, one of them is quite frankly just having somewhere to do your thing is, is really tough right now.
2: Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. And and there is land, uh, and there's and there's building available, but sometimes it it a just cost prohibitive expense, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I and mean, it, it oh, becomes, yeah. look, I'm I'm a small company or I'm a, I'm a startup. I've you know things are going well for me, but man, I can't go drop five six million dollars on no. on a, even a small land out in you know Fort Pierce Industrial Park or something. So, um, but other companies, it, it it does make sense for. Uh, you know, and I would say as far as as far as some of that that heavy manufacturing, unfortunately, because of the situation that we're in, both with cost of, of land, cost of materials and water, uh, th- there are some businesses that probably just are not a great fit for Washington County. Hmm. If you're a really high water using manufacturing facility, uh, you know, where you need millions and millions of gallons a month, that's probably not going to be uh, th- this is probably not your best spot. I don't know there's too many places in Utah that are gonna be your best spot or in the West right now since we're in this yeah. major drought. Uh but if you are a low water, you know, tech based uh, or or distribution where you know you're not using other than the you know the bathrooms and the facilities for your employees, you're not using a ton of water, maybe some for your condensers or coolers, then this is a great spot. We just actually had one just last week, um that that would bring in hundreds of jobs hmm. and is really looking at, at Washington County and, and the St George area is as a great viable option for them. It, we, we check off all the boxes, and I don't know if we're going to get it. There's other options you know, that they're looking at as well. Um, but it would be hundreds of high-paying, really good jobs wow. uh, for people. And, and we're, our workforce right now is qualified. So they would not be bringing in a ton of people from outside. These would be people that could sh- could double their income, hmm. and they already live here. And yeah. so there are... It takes a little more work, but there's, there's uh, people that are working on on those types of very selective companies to either grow, that are organically already here, or that we can bring in from, from other places.
1: How, how much of uh, your job, how, how big a part of your job is uh, the recruitment of those types of businesses? I mean, I know we have an economic development director uh, uh, who's a specialist in that, but is, is that a part of your job as well?
2: It is. So is. I'm on the economic development board. Um, but it's not, it's certainly not only my, my job. John Minnick is, is the county's economic development director. He works mm-hmm. with all of the cities, uh, who have their own, most of them have their own economic development directors. Um, and as well as with many of the businesses, Liddell Lobb with Dixie Power and, and others that, um, that just want to be involved and want to help the community and, and, uh, you know, Steve Bruff from Zion Bank and, and, others that, that really do a lot of good work. And so there's, again, there's no one person that can ever t- take credit for it, but john is is and and the people like him are going to be the ones that really do the work to find and sift through the companies i get involved when they need to come and show that the county is willing to support what can we do to Mm. to to make things better for you to get here and and to encourage you to to you know move your business here or you know from from incentives and and uh, helping educate and and show that the county and the cities are are very supportive and that you know uh, we're a very business-friendly community, and so we, that's really where I kind of come in is is after those have been vetted out a little bit.
1: Are those companies looking to come here, are they looking for some kind of deal? Are they looking for tax breaks? Are they looking for uh, – or, or are they just looking for the right fit?
2: Both. Oh, okay. <laughs> Every, I don't know of any company that would ever say, you know, you're a great fit. I don't want any tax breaks, or I don't want anything. <laughs> if, you know, uh, yeah. they're, they're always going to ask. It, it depends on what – what uh is appropriate and and how attractive the the client is and kind of what options the cities or the county can in the state can all provide and, and a lot of that is state driven but we um most of the time it's we're trying to find a company that's the right fit for hmm. for washington county
1: now if this if a business comes in and they want to be in a particular city washington st george hurricane whatever uh, do you guys kind of go hands off then and let the city handle it?
2: We work with, with them hand in hand with okay. the cities. Yeah. Uh, because the, we are such a tight, close community. And I mean, we don't have miles and miles and miles of distance between e- any of our cities. It's all kind of one metropolitan area. And, and so if, if a company is going to come into a hurricane, their employees are going to live in St. George and Washington city and Leverkin as well. And, and maybe Ivan's or Santa Clara. So, so we all have to work together on that. You can't say, Oh, well, okay, you're gonna to go to Hurricane, we don't care anymore. You're you're an island, you're gonna be isolated over there. Yeah. We we work together. And so that's where the county role is, kind of the umbrella over all of those cities that, that we can say, look, this is this is what we can do for you regardless of where you go. We just want development, economic development here, good, high paying jobs so that our people that we don't have to export our children and they can they can stay here, they can have a job, they can work, they can make more money things are expensive. Uh, yeah, they are. Inflation is high. And so if we can help people get a better job, uh,
1: great. We're talking with County Commissioner Adam Snow here on KDXU on and the Andy Griffin Show today. Um, Adam, do you see a time uh, for a long time, the number one industry in, in Washington County was, was agriculture and then construction took over mm-hmm. and construction right now, obviously number one, and it's not even close Uh, Do you see a time anytime soon, because I think eventually yes, but anytime soon where construction will not be the number one, where it will be tech or or something else?
2: Um, You know, I, yes and no. I I think certainly yes in the long term, right? Construction, we can't continue this pace of growth indefinitely, right? Right. It's going to be not another hundred years of this exact same rate of growth because we just, we won't have the land by that point, right? I mean, um, let alone any water issues. So, yes, I think that other industries will take over. Will I think that tech will become the dominant one in the next six months? No, probably not. Um, but we do have a lot of tech growth here. And one of the things that we really have going for us, and this is what the point I made with this, this company from last week, was that the companies that want to either grow here, that have already started here and, and are growing quickly, of which we do have some uh, wonderful success stories, or that are trying to relocate here, are because of the quality of life right we don't have a major rail spur we don't have any rail in the county no. at all right it
1: was the it, first first town i ever lived in that didn't have rail by the yeah,
2: way it turns out that we've got these mountains and you know a little zion national <laughs> park over there that, that block some of our opportunities for rail yeah um but uh and we could bring it in but it just becomes again very cost cost prohibitive but so so we may not be the absolute best location for some companies but generally i have talked to CEO after CEO, especially of the tech companies, uh, especially those from up north in the Silicon Slopes, Lehigh-Draper type area, where they say, man, my company's up there, but I've moved a, a small group down here, and I'm going to keep bringing employees down here because hmm. I want to live here. Yeah, I don't want to deal with the snow and the traffic and the air quality issues up there. I want to live down here because I'm a mountain biker, I'm a hiker, I'm a golfer, I'm, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. Our quality of life is unrivaled. And so uh, if anywhere else in the state, for sure, and, and likely anywhere else in the West. And so that is our biggest selling point. And so companies come here because they know they can bring their employees here because their employees are going to want to live here. Now, again, maybe not every single company is going to be a perfect fit for that, but most of them are. And quality of life, company culture of which that quality of life and the opportunities, the amenities that the county can provide in the area are are real selling points for these companies that want to be here. And they say, you know, it's not going to be hard for me to recruit 300 employees. Or uh, this other company was going to be coming in. And, and so they, they actually bust their employees from California to here. And I think, and this is long before me, this is a few years ago, but I think they only said that there's like three that didn't come. Because the people came here for a weekend and just said, oh, my goodness, I want to be in Washington County. I want to be in southern Utah. Yeah. What an amazing place. Look at all the things I can do. It's a safe community. It's a welcoming community. I want my family to be able to live there. So economic development, as far as that aspect, is not a hard thing. As long as we can find the right fit, that that we have the transportation corridors available for whatever you happen to provide, that we have the workforce that, that for what you need for your manufacturing or distribution or, or uh, development, whatever it might be. As long as we can fit some of those, it's really not a hard sell.
1: The Transportation Expo was last week. That was kind of a cool. And, and one of the things I like about the Transportation Expo and, and, and things like that are uh, you get a little glimpse into the future. And it's not a, a an imagined future. Most of it is an actual, this is happening we've already started the you know the processes to make this happen in washington county were you surprised by anything were you happy to be you know was it was it a fun deal for you or, or were you just like yeah i knew all this already
2: i i did know most of the projects yeah. um for various boards and, and committees and things that we sit on that uh they talk about transportation a lot that we have monthly meetings so there weren't too many surprises i was surprised at how many people were there and it was encouraging it was great to see people getting involved in yeah, you know, and if you think about it, Andy, and no, no offense to my my transportation friends at Udot or something, but on a on a Wednesday afternoon, is there anything better you could do than hey, you know what, I'm going to go down to the Dixie Center and and learn about new roads that are going to be put in? And yet there was tons of people. You were there, and there was tons of people there. Oh, yeah. um, now the mayor had her State of the City right before that, so I think that did help drive some people across the hall, but. But still, there was the people that were there trying to be engaged, understand what's going on in their community, see how roads and things affect. Uh, I mean, that's a look. I was a football player in high school, right? I was I yeah. was a lineman, yeah, the most <laughs> the most unheralded job ever, right? Nobody cares. <laughs> nobody nobody ever you never make sports center. Well, not as right. a high school player anyway. Uh, but but you get the job done. And transportation is kind of that way. They're the unsung heroes that, that people don't realize how effective transportation can be or cannot be, right? When it's done wrong, everybody feels it. But when it's done right, nobody's going to sing your praises. They just kind of assume that that's the way it always should happen. But it takes a ton of planning, and you could see that last week. and, And so it was great to see people get involved in there and what's going on in their communities
1: staying with your football analogy it's like a long snapper or an or alignment the only time you get noticed is if you screw up oh yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> miss that block oh yeah
1: yeah that's the only time all right let's go to the phone line real quick seth is hanging on seth uh, got adam snow here with me today what's on your mind
0: that's like a genius scheduling you bring adam snow in a snowstorm
1: <laughs> well maybe maybe we yeah. hope so
0: well it's it's i got a 50-degree reading in Central with wind blowing, so it doesn't look like it's going to snow here or we get any precipitation. But Highway 18 is turning into a major situation. They're digging up close to way out uh, beyond the right-of-way, it looks to me, on the east side, and that the county apparently is going to put in a $7 million Uh, bicycle walking path between Veo and uh, Central. I'm concerned that uh, as a special inspector when I retired from my uh, job that um, they were going to do some really poor quality um, path because it's not a road and they would have to put culverts and repairs and that it could turn into a white elephant if every springtime they got to come up and redo it. Are you aware of the specifications and who I might talk to in the county if, in fact, it is a county project?
2: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so, that is, there's a couple reasons for that, that bike path. And that is because primarily, they're trying, we've, we've got more and more activity from Central to St. George. And so biking activity especially. And so uh, the, the word is out. People like to come and bike here. The, the marathon has obviously driven a lot of interest in that same exact uh, stretch of road. And so there isn't a path or a wide shoulder on the road between Central and Veo. There is a wide shoulder from Veo to Diamond Valley. And then there's a trail. Well, actually a little past Diamond Valley to the north entrance of Snow Canyon. And then there's an off-road trail. Uh, not off-road like dirt, but separated trail for bikes uh, from the north entrance of Snow Canyon into St. George. And so what they're, what we're doing there is connecting and trying to make it safer for cars and safer for cyclists from Central to Vail, which is the only stretch of road where they can't really get off the white line. Um, and that road, it is within the, the transportation easement. Um, the, the specifications we have gone over, and I can certainly connect you, Seth, with the uh with the right people who can who can go over those details with you um ron whitehead who's the public works director, would be the best one to go over that. but what we're doing in that stretch is putting a trail at the grade of the road. The part of the problem with the trail that goes from the north entrance of Snow Canyon into St George is it doesn't follow the grade of the road and it's it, there's tons more elevation gain and and drop and so cyclists many times don't want to ride on it because they it's just a much more difficult harder much more difficult (laughs) and and certainly the runners don't want to run on it because it's way more difficult um so by keeping it at the grade of the road we can we can better accommodate and force those those uh, recreationists over onto that trail to keep them off the road so it's safer cars at 65 miles an hour uh not having to try and uh Avoid the the runners or the cyclists on the road, and and that's that's the whole point of that. But I can certainly get you in touch with Ron, who will give you the specifications you need, Seth.
0: All right, sir. Now, uh, may I also ask if there's going to be signage? And we're uh, many, many times early in the morning. There are pe- there are people, and the ones I've seen are mostly gangs of uh, women that are running four abreast and will not use the, the, the uh, existing uh, without uh, enforcement, they're going to run on the road.
2: Well, there will be signage, but again, that's the whole point of why this trail from Central to Veo is being done at the same grade as the road so that there would be no, dis, there's no disincentive not to run on it, right? We're trying to tell you it's just as easy to run on the trail where you're safe as it is to run on the road because it's the exact same grade.
1: Hmm. Yeah, appeal to the logic in them. All yeah. right. That doesn't always work with the women in my life, but uh, I, I'm going to get myself in trouble. so I'm just gonna, did. I, 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 I'm, I, did. I just did, so yeah. I'm going to play a commercial now. How about that? We've got to check in with weather. Here with Adam Snow today on The Andy Griffin Show.
0: Hey, stick around. The Sean Hannity Show with me. Sean Hannity is next at 1 o'clock. Right now, you are listening to my friend Andy Griffin, right here on News Radio 890 AM, 92.5 FM, KDXU, Southern Utah's news talk leader.
1: Funny story about that liner I just played. So, uh, first of all, I am not good friends with Sean Hannity. Uh, we have exchanged emails. I, does that, doesn't make you good friends, right, Adam, if you've exchanged emails with somebody. Yet? I don't think so, no, but but uh, you know, it w- when I got here, they said, Hey, uh, we need you to you know to, to create some new liners, they call them sweepers in the business. And and uh, I was like, Okay, uh, I'll, I guess I can voice those. They're like, No, 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 send them out to, to you know, Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity and Mark Levin and these guys. I'm like. They're not going to say my name. There's no way. And they're like, um, actually, yeah, that's part of their jobs. And I was like, really? So I sent them out and started getting these liners back. Rush Limbaugh said my name. Sean Hannity said my name. Mark, I'm like, wow. I was kind of starstruck a little bit because these are the icons, right, of the talk well, yeah. radio business. And I
2: wouldn't tell that story anymore, Andy. I
1: no, I, I would
2: say- Oh, yeah. Me me and Sean, We're me and tight. Rush, we went yeah. way back. You know, Rush, we send each other Christmas cards. We're good.
1: Sean and I vape together. No, <laughs> no I'm, I'm just kidding. I don't vape. And uh, I, Sean is still trying to quit. But anyway, thanks for coming uh, uh, along for the ride today on the Andy Griffin Show. I'm with County Commissioner Adam Snow. We are good friends, Adam and I. We haven't, I don't think we've ever exchanged an email, but we've talked in person many times. And adam gave me a call while i was in the hospital i don't i was probably delirious at the time i don't know if you called me while i was in or you talked to my wife but that week when i was in the hospital is gone from my memory i don't it's poof really yeah it's in fact pretty much the month of december this year i i don't remember much about it you
2: you were very coherent in your text messages back to me every time so so you, you didn't say anything weird don't worry
1: I think what what happened. I actually really didn't have my phone, and so if 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 it, if it was a text, it was from me. I was telling my wife what to put, but she was doing all the work. Mm. She probably edited what I was saying. <laughs> I guess is what is what I'm saying. So uh, anyway, thank you, Adam, for coming on today. We have talked a little bit about economic growth. Uh, all of it, though, uh, all of it seems like everything we do is dependent on you know water yeah <laughs> having water enough water to uh run your business to you know to run a household to run period you you've, you've got to have water and that's that's a big giant anvil on your back that you've got to carry around and in, in as a county commissioner uh what are some of the things you feel like you've you've uh, been able to address a little bit when it comes to the the drought that we're in you know luckily We're
2: not getting a lot of people that are pushing back saying, ah, there's no problems. There's no, (laughs) I mean, obviously there's, there's a few and and we get some people that that talk about some different theories and things and excuse me. And, uh, you know, we, we get most of the, most of the people here really understand the issue, right? They can look at the mountain and see that the, the white strikes this white. White stripes down the canyons of snow are uh, deteriorating rapidly as we've warmed up a little bit. Uh, we're going to cool down again here, in, in a, it looks like in the forecast. But, but still, it they realize that there's no. We've had one good storm in December, yeah, and we haven't had a drop really since then. Not really, and so yeah. uh, that put us up. Luckily, it was such a great storm. It did put us up significantly over average. But then, when you didn't get another drop, mm-hmm. we're now below average again um and it it causes us great concern all the time but again most people from the home builders to uh you know to the cities the the mayors the city councils the the uh, water conservancy district everybody generally is is playing in the same sandbox and they're playing well together and they say okay we need to tackle this together because no one no one entity is going to come in with some silver bullet that says ah we've got it all fixed we can just do this um this is there is no single solution it is a multifaceted solution that requires really everybody to get along, and I'll even say with the citizens. Uh, you know, last year we had five percent growth, and we used four hundred million gallons less water wow. last last year in in twenty twenty one. Which means that we 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 did a pretty good job of of communicating, right? Especially the Water Conservancy District; that's their job. But the cities and the county and the the district they they all did a good job of communicating the the kind of dire situation that we're in and people responded rather than now it takes there's some lack of momentum there right it takes people multiple touches before they start to get oh maybe i should adjust my sprinklers Hmm. now unfortunately not everybody has done that i you drive around the city and and there's still people that are watering their lawns and the sidewalk which as much as you want there is no amount of water you can put on that concrete to make it grow it will not grow But, but you say, okay, well, why are you still watering in, in January at 2 in the morning? It's an ice sheet in the morning. yeah But by and large, most people have really responded well. And, and it's conservation as well as new sources. And, uh, and, and that there's a, we could talk for weeks on all the things that we're working on. But conservation and new sources of water are what we're th- – that's the easiest way to summarize this.
1: We'll talk about uh, new sources in a minute. I want to talk about conservation a little bit, Adam. Um, There are several schools of thought. One of them is, uh, and I hear this a lot, hey, this is America, I'll do what I want. You know, screw you. You know, that, that that kind of attitude of, look, I pay my water bill. I will use as much water as I want. And if you don't like it, charge me more and I'll pay that too. I hear people say that. And it's not uncommon, actually. Uh, the second school of thought is, you know, I, I'm an American and being an American means that I'm going to look out for my fellow man and I'm going to actually try a little bit to conserve uh, water. Um, I'd like to think I'm in that second school of thought, although I'm sure I've leaned into that other school of thought occasionally. but. Uh, I have a swimming pool. We put one in a couple of years ago, but I keep it covered all the time. And I'm told by Zach Renstrom and those guys, if you're going to have a pool, the fact that, you know, cover it all the time, unless you're using it yep. is huge because the evaporation of an uncovered pool is, is you would not believe the amount of evaporation. I, I think he said inch and a half a day or something like yeah, that. Yeah, It's a ton. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we took out some of our lawn and put in some artificial turf, um, you know, I'd like to think that helps a little bit. We still have some other lawn. And, you know, I got feeling guilty a little bit when Zach came on and said, look, if the only time you ever walk on your grass is when you mow it, then you probably shouldn't have grass in that in that spot. And I was thinking, well, it's in the front yard. It's mostly decorative. Maybe he's right. not going to tear it out yet, but I'm thinking about it. Uh, and, and the truth of the matter is, and, and people have texted me and, and talked about this. In fact, I need to make sure and keep an eye on the text, um, that water... Uh, or that grass does help cool things down a little bit, but there is other vegetation it doesn 't have to be a lawn it, it, yes, exactly so in,
2: and you 're right on the grass part alone, we don 't want to become a heat island, right, which is what happens when you rip out every bit of of lawn and, and vegetation is that there 's just too much concrete and we get this kind of heat bubble that surrounds the city and, yeah. and it 's been proven over and over again in other cities, so we don't we don 't want to do that, but there is vegetation, native low water Vegetation that you could plant that would still cover the ground, right? You don't have to just put it into gravel or, or asphalt or something. It covers the ground, it shades it so mm-hmm. you don't get the heat aspect, but it doesn't use nearly as much water.
1: Yeah, good point. Uh, somebody texted and I missed it and I apologize, but I'm going to go back to the trash issue. Uh, they want to know who's responsible for I 15 and keeping the trash because they said right now the I 15, uh, you know, you go from exit two up to 16 and i-15 is is a it's kind of ugly There's a lot of trash
2: it is and again the the inmate crews are going back out very shortly uh the first one i think is in uh in a week and then the next crew comes on right after that um oh good and so good. and they'll be they'll be hitting that is the quick answer is it's a, it's the cities and the county all work together on on keeping that clean
1: uh, the other thing this person texted on in second text, they said, "Remind the public to bag their trash. Neighbor throws unbagged trash in her bin. Uh, when the wind blows, the lid comes off, the trash comes out." So uh, yeah, a stupid little thing, but something worth worth reminding. There you Puts go. Put your trash in a bag. Yeah, not that hard yeah. either. So, all right, back to water. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, we, we talked about conservation and I know people are, I'm going to get text. People say, Oh, you, you tell me I have to conserve and I shouldn't have to. And this is American and everything. And, and I understand where you're coming from, but uh, let's move on from that and talk about uh, new sources of water. It seems like Adam Lake Powell pipeline for now, anyway, is a stalemate. It's, it's, I wouldn't say dead in the water. That's not a good word for it, but it's, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. It's
2: yes and no. We're, it's not coming online anytime in the very very near future. Nope, we right. we are years away from the Lake Powell pipeline coming in, under the best case scenario. Right, and I wish it wasn't that way. And I, and I you hear people say, well, how many, how much money has been spent by the state on that already? I mean, my goodness, how m-
1: yeah,
2: <clears throat> for. For ten million dollars, me and Bubba give us a track hoe, and we'll you know we'll have that thing in in a week. <laughs> right. uh, I wish that we could do that in a lot of ways, but unfortunately, that is just not the world we live in. The federal permitting process, the Bureau of Reclamation, the the other states, the the law of the river, the the Colorado River Compact. All of this is a. I mean, you want to talk about? We're not juggling three or four balls in the air at one time. This is. This is 20 balls in the air at one time and try not to drop any of them. Luckily, we have really, really good people uh, working on this. So as far as the pipeline, it is still moving forward. We are working on this constantly. Zach Renstrom and, and Brock Belknap and his crew, the state, Brian Steed at the division at the Department of Natural Resources, uh, the county, the cities, we are all working on this. This is what I did when I was working for Congressman Stewart for those for many years. Uh, that is one of the reasons why I, I decided to run for county commission is that I could bring the expertise of what I'd been doing in working with the federal partners because this is a federal uh, there's a there's a huge federal nexus to this this pipeline but that with that not so so we're still we're still moving forward on it Andy.
1: Okay. With that, let's hit pause. Okay, because that's a good thought to to take a break on. We are still moving forward. It's not dead in the water. It's just paused for a minute as we get through uh, as we jump through all the hoops. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the other ways that uh, we can get water uh, here in St. George. Uh, Right now, I'm going to turn turn Adam's mic down and talk about Joe Shoney for a minute. Joe Shoney is a loan consultant with. New American Funding, and his uh, best deal is customer service. Go online, if you don't believe me, and read some of the reviews. There are literally dozens and dozens, actually hundreds, 600-plus reviews on experience.com, and I just went, okay. I just scrolled down four pages and I found one four star. Scrolled another two pages, found another four star. The rest of them are fives, folks. That's how good this guy is. Give him a call today and you can see what having real customer service in the loan industry is all about. It's Joe Shoney, 435 590 6300. Joe Shoney is NMLS 121041.
0: This is the Andy Griffin show on News Radio 890 92.5 KDXU. Stay tuned for Clay and Buck coming
1: up next. Yeah, that was Clay Travis, pretty cool, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I noticed though during that Flatline commercial that it still says 949. Every time I think I've gotten all the 949s out, there's one more I missed. So uh, we are 92.5 now instead of 94.9. But one of these days, I'll get them all. It's kind of like finding needles in haystacks. And every, uh, I think I got them all. And then boom, I get stabbed. And uh, anyway, okay, we got text and phone calls. Uh, let's go to the text line first. Uh, uh, to, uh, listener wanted to know, is there any counties or city incentives to take out grass and put artificial turf in? Or in, And I would add to that, if there isn't one, is there going to be one?
2: Uh, yes. That comes with the Water Conservancy District. Okay. And and there will be even more coming on. I just had a meeting just uh, Friday on Very that, cool. and and we Zach and I talked about that some more, and he he let me know of some new incentives that they're that they're doing. There are multiple incentives, not only just to put in artificial turf, but just to to reduce water consumption. It, you could plant still live vegetation and still receive some of those
1: some of those incentives. Very cool. Incentives means money, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike's on the phone line. Mike, how are you today? Fine, thank you. Hey, thanks for calling. What's on your mind?
0: Question regarding uh, water conservancy. Uh, I know in the state, the city address, the mayor was talking about conserving water. And uh, another talk show host on a different radio station in that group basically espoused the fact that this is all baloney. It's just a scare tactic. We can Mm -hmm. drill, drill, drill and find water, water, water. Could you
1: respond to that, please?
2: Yeah. So, so generally what that's called is called primary water. And, uh, and the theory is that there's a massive, uh, amount of water way down deep. And if you just drill deep enough that, that you'll reach it. Uh, some of that is true. Um, we, there is water. The problem is that it's just not, it's not a giant Lake Michigan underneath the, the state of Utah. At least there's no evidence of that. We have wells that have been drilled really, really, really deep. Um, and and there was no water down there, at least certainly no potable water or anything that could be treated. Mm. Uh, there are sources of, of primary water where there is a fairly significant uh, amount of water, but again, it is so contaminated with other dissolved part- particles. Um, the, one of the best examples of that would be Potempi Hot Springs. They're in, in between Laverkin and Hurricane. Yeah. That water is coming up hot, right? I mean, it is coming from way down deep in the earth, but... It it, 80,000 tons of salt and sulfur. It's it's unusable. It is absolutely unusable. Uh, It is the reason why the cotton mission did not work very well here is because of the the contaminants in the water that they tried to irrigate their crops with, uh, let alone try and drink it. Uh, Even the plants can't use it. And so we can Mm -hmm. use it. Um, but, but that the idea, and I, I will speak for the water conservancy district. Zach said, I am allowed to do this anytime I want. Uh, (laughs) if, if someone has that source, he will buy it before you ever start drilling. If you drill and you hit some primary source of water, you will be set for life. Your children, your grandchildren, he will buy every drop of it. He he will commit to it before you drill. If you find that deep, deep water, uh, it, it's there, but it's only in little pockets, and it tends not to be usable at all.
1: Yeah, something to think about. It, and I've heard that same argument that, well, wow, there's water down there. We're just not trying hard enough. And, and I guess my answer to those people, uh, including that other talk show host and uh, on, on another station, is uh, if if you. Are so sure there's water there? Why don't you go get yourself rich and find it for us? Because they, they haven't been able to find it, and the water they did find, like you said, was uh, there was so much gunk in it that uh, it will kill your lawn. It will kill you, uh, and we don't want we don't want that to happen. No, no. Other water sources uh, now, Adam. We're down to in the last five minutes or so uh, that that we're looking forward to. I know they're they're moving forward on the Tokerville Reservoir. Uh, which is coming from, he calls it Ash Creek, which is that one that empties and, and fills itself again and again by new harmony. Uh, tell us about that one.
2: Yeah, so you know we, we don't have any new sources as far as, hey, there's a new river we can go grab them, or a bunch <laughs> of springs that we just didn't know were there. Yeah. Uh, the water has all been attributed in this county. And so there's not new sources that we can bring online. The new sources that we can is what we can do with the water that we have right now. And so we need to, Instead of just letting that water evaporate and go somewhere else, we need to store it or run down to Lake Mead. Uh, we need to store what we can while we can, and so Ash Creek, Warner Valley, um, those are the way we store water in the West. Is we build reservoirs, right? We reserve it for when we need it, when it kind of like making making hay while it rains, right? So, yeah. uh, so we we grab the water. We're gonna we've got several. There's Graveyard Wash and others. Uh, that's over in in Santa Clara that are smaller reservoirs, you know, 2,000 acre feet, things like that, that, that we can still use uh, that are effective. And then the Warner Valley one will be, you know, upwards of 50,000 acre a feet.
1: big one, yeah. Yeah, that, a that'll one.
2: be a, similar to a sand hollow. Uh, deeper, though. A little, It's kind of a pencil. It's a long, narrow one, but it'll be deeper. And it will store a lot of water. Um, and that's actually where we can use some of that Potempia water. And other things we can we can put it into a reservoir that will then filter it down and then we pump it back out through through wells surrounding the reservoir, which is what we do at Sand Hollow and and other places. So that's uh, the reuse water and new reservoirs. That's the new water. And that's what helps us bridge the gap between where we're at today and when pipe the pipeline will come in is we've got to make reuse what we have. And that that is almost an additional source of water because right now it's just going down to Lake Mead.
1: You know, I, I someone asked me, "Is this a tempest in a teapot? Are we getting all excited, and then next year we're going to get a ton of rain and and snow, and it won't be a drought anymore?" And uh, you know, my answer to them was was well, maybe, but are you willing to take that chance? Are you willing to take the chance that it might rain next year? That and that that can't happen. You, Adam, I know as a commissioner, Zach, and the Water Conservancy, you can't take that chance. You can't gamble on you know whether or not we're going to run dry.
2: Yeah, and you know what and, and hopefully, like God willing, I hope it is a really wonderful uh, next year. I hope that we still get some good storms this year that will yeah. help us stay somewhere near average. The the problem is what you just said, we can't bank on it. We've got to we've got to store what we can when it's there and if it is a really wet year great then we can fill up Quail Creek. We can fill up uh, Sand Hollow and and any other reservoir that we've got. And you know what, and the average is that most likely it will be an El Nino year next year or the year after, right? Just if you mm-hmm. look at the, the cycle of how that the Pacific water temperature tends to, to move, this is a La Nina year. It may be an El Nino next year. But if it's not, how do we get water to your tap, right? And, uh, and even if it is, even if it was a real, you know, two years ago, we had a really, really wet winter. Wonderful time. We were 212% above average. It was, it was a fantastic water winter. But overall, we're still in a drought, Right. I mean, if you look at the last 20 years, we're still drier than we were in the previous 50 years. And so any drought does not mean you don't get any rain. It just means that you're below your averages. And so we're significantly below average right now.
1: You know, the sports analogy for me, I was watching a basketball game the other day. And uh, the first seven minutes of the game, the uh, one team hit 75 percent from the floor. They made like five out of six three-pointers. They were hitting everything. And uh, I, I was sitting there watching it with a friend of mine, and I said, "You know, it's going to average out. Nobody shoots like this for a whole game. It's impossible." And and yeah. he's like, "Oh, come on! You know, I mean, the way they're shooting, they're so good." And sure enough, by the second half, the shots weren't falling anymore, and their average went from 75% to 60 to 50 to 40 or 45, which is about what you would expect yeah. in in a basketball game. And that's kind of what we're hoping. And obviously we can't bank on, but we're hoping with with the uh, with the water, you know, that, yep. that we get back to the averages that we're supposed to be at. Are right, we got a minute left? Adam wanted to ask you about elections. I know uh, Gil is starting to gear up. Is it Gil and Vic are both up for election this year? Is that how it works?
2: It, actually, all three of us. All are.
1: three of you. Okay. Yeah.
2: So they're on their normal four-year cycle. They're up this year uh, because I ran in a special election last year. I have a special general election this year, mm. and so uh, yeah, all three of us are on the ballot and. Uh, and, and are hoping to obviously for a successful reelection. As I said before, before we got on the radio, uh, you know the job is good. I don't know that it's amazing, uh, but it's <laughs> you know it's like almost any job, right? There's there's ups and downs every day. If I can if I can move the needle on on water on some of the economic development things, some some issues with Zion National Park that would affect every single citizen here. Uh, Then if I can move the ball down the field, I don't necessarily even have to score a touchdown. But if I can move the ball down the field uh, in the next couple of years, then I will happily let somebody else run. And, and, you know, I think public service should should be a changeover like that. But
1: go in, do your best, get out. That's what coach always said, too. Right. Go yes. and do your best and get out. Thanks, Adam, for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. See Andy Griffin show tomorrow. Don and Brett, we're going to talk new businesses. We're going to talk firearm safety right here on the Andy Griffin show. Thanks for listening.